Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Texan Overtime Podcast. My name is Michael Shapiro. I am the sports editor here at the Daily Texan. No Trenton Dasner today, so joining me solo is our senior sports reporter and football beat writer, Mr. Alex Bresenio. Alex, we've been saying it for the past two weeks. Uh, how about them Yankees, buddy? Oh, man. I, I Honestly, I can say I'm a little surprised about this. I, I did not anticipate the Yankees going 3-0 and at home, uh, but I mean... I'm not going to complain about a World Series. The the never-say-die New York Yankees, I'll tell you. I've been going nuts the past three days. I was in the stands at uh, Texas OU on Saturday, and around you know late fourth quarter, all the Astros fans around me were celebrating their big game to win. That's I thought the series was That's over, bad. and, you know, teams are much better at home. And now, all the Astros fans I know, they're all despair. You know, oh. they're saying the series is over. Congrats on the World Series. Man. You know, calm down. It's... Teams are better at home. Young teams are better at the home. As the old saying goes, you know, the series didn't start until a home team loses a game. Are you confident going into game six? What do you think? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty, I mean, Verlander is uh, not the worst pitcher out there, right? And He's so, a horse. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I do think it will go seven. And then from there, it's kind of just a coin flip, honestly. I think CC, you know, can can he bring us home? We'll see. That'd be, uh, and, be a great thing. Uh, it's gonna come down. I mean, can can the offense get going in Houston? I don't know what what they're drinking when they go to Houston. I don't know what's going on over there, but we'll see. Well, it should be a, a great final two games of that series. You know, for our sake, hopefully, just one more game left in that series. Uh, but our listeners don't usually come here for any New York Yankees talk, except for probably a very select few. So let's move on to our weekly discussion of the Texas football. The Longhorns coming off a 29-24 defeat at the Cotton Bowl last Saturday in Dallas. Now they will host number ten Oklahoma State. This Saturday at DKR in Austin, Alex, what was your biggest takeaway from the Longhorns' defeat in Dallas? My my biggest takeaway is actually a question. Uh, hmm. I'm kind of confused as far as the Longhorn defense goes. <laughs> uh, I was sitting in the press box, I think midway through the second quarter, and I, I was feeling bad for the people who had paid good money for this game. You know, it was twenty to zero. Uh, Baker Mayfield was kind of resurfacing some Texas nightmares, mm-hmm. just torching the secondary, um, and then. The Texas defense comes out and holds the Sooners to, I mean, nine points in the second half, which is, I mean, that baffles me. I have no idea what defense to expect. You know, it seems like a very Jekyll and Hyde defense, uh, which is what we saw at times last year. This one is certainly better, obviously, but we've seen it time and again, you know, both in the Charlie Strong era and in the Herman era right now. Texas defense cannot stop getting burned by the big play. They've given up two, 10 in the past two weeks. They gave up six uh, you know, against Oklahoma, and they're up 24-23, 6.53 to go. And, you know, Baker Mayfield hits his big tight end right down the seam on a busted coverage, you know, kind of cost Texas the game there. We talked a little bit in the past about Texas giving up the big play. How critical is it against this Oklahoma State squad that Texas, you know, keeps them in check, keeps those big chunk plays under wraps? I mean, that's kind of what Oklahoma State lives off of, mm-hmm. just huge plays. And, I, I mean, obviously the the Rudolph-Washington combination is lethal. Um, so if you're a Texas fan, this obviously isn't the best time for this game to come up. Mm. Uh, I mean, especially with question marks surrounding the secondary, surrounding the defense, um, and an offense that's averaging over 48 points a game. So, I mean, obviously holding them to as little big plays as possible is huge, but, I mean, they're going to happen. The question is, you know, how many can Texas break up? You know, we'll we'll delve a little into that matchup, you know, later in the program because I still have some stuff I want to talk about with the Longhorn defense in this matchup against Oklahoma State. One other takeaway that I had, you know, from the Cotton Bowl on Saturday, Texas offensive line, it's really starting to show its cracks without yeah. Connor Williams here. You know, I thought it held up for the first few weeks without him pretty well. 
But, you know, Sam Ellinger had 22 carries uh, on Saturday, and not many of those were by design. It seemed like, especially late in the game, whenever he was dropping back to pass, he was having to pirouette away from defenders, you know, run by himself, try to make plays happen with his feet. How worried are you moving forward about this Texas offensive line not being able to protect its quarterback? I think any time the leading rusher for any team is is a quarterback, there's going to be some worry. Leading rush for Texas, Sam, and he just has 275 yards. Um, so, I mean, that, that speaks volumes to the offensive line. And, I mean, they're, they're young, inexperienced, and this is just an awful time for this to happen. Um, and so... I mean, I don't know. We've been talking about the running back situation for weeks on weeks. And, I mean, whether it's going to be Chris or Kyle or now Toneal. turns out it's Sam, which is, I mean, kind of ironic. But uh, it's interesting. I, what can you do? What, what do you think they could do to, to solve this? You know, the, that's the problem is there's not all that much with the guys there. It's, yep. you know, next man up mentality. Well, there's not that many men left to bring <laughs> the up. The line it's, is, yeah. The line is short. the line. You know, the guys who they have are the guys that they're going to have to roll with. I actually thought Derek Kerstetter as a true freshman right tackle was pretty solid, except for in that fourth quarter there. With the run game, I just, you know, we've kind of waited for someone to emerge. There's a pretty good chance that all three of these guys are just kind of average. They're kind of mad. Yeah. And it seems like Herman is hinting at it. You know, every week he's asked about the running backs, and you can see the frustration on his face that no one's really taken the reins. But I feel at this point no one's going to. A quick kind of thing you could change in the passing game, you know, it kind of gives me, you know, horrors back to the number of throwing Gilbert five-yard outs oh, we man. saw last year. But, you know, if you're struggling to protect the quarterback on these deep drops that Texas likes to run a lot, maybe you'll start running some quicker plays, some slants, some outs, some ins. You know, just some quick things to kind of get the ball out of your quarterback's hands faster. Maybe relax that defensive line a bit. But, you know, it's I think it's going to be an overriding question for the Texas offense moving forward. Uh, let's move on back to stopping Oklahoma State's offense because this unit is just it's pretty lethal. They have the most yards in the nation they have the second most points per game in the nation they have the top running back in the big 12 and probably you know the top wide receiver in the big 12 yeah. what member of this oklahoma state running back do you think is going to give the longhorns the most fits on saturday i mean as to i, I think you got to go hill mm-hmm. um but i mean really it's interchangeable to me honestly i think uh i mean texas kind of struggled with um the wildcat package of kansas state um and I mean, overall, they've been pretty good about stopping the run. Um, but I, I think this Oklahoma State, the the backs with the Cowboys are just too good. I, I I can't see Texas holding them for too long, honestly. Yeah, and you know, Texas give did give up 174 yards on the ground last week, but I honestly thought their effort was better than that. They didn't give up yeah. any big 40-yard bursts. I thought in the second half, especially, they really bottled those Oklahoma rushers. And Hill is a big-time problem, but I got to say, I think James Washington is up for another big-time performance. Yeah. He burned the Longhorns in Stillwater last year. I mean, this guy is a nightmare matchup. You know, He's not huge. He's not physically imposing. He's only about six feet tall. But someone made a good point. He's kind of like Steve Smith light. You know, the Panthers <laughs> receiver, he goes up and snatches the ball out of the air. He's physical. He can beat you down the middle. I feel like, you know, one busted coverage might result for a touchdown and then one, you know, crazy James Washington catch might result in another. I could see the Longhorns having a big, big issue defending him on Saturday. I saw I saw this team last year at the Alamo Bowl and mm. what was scary to me was a lot of that talent came back. And so, yeah. I mean, these are some experienced guys and I mean this is a scary team. I had them in the playoff preseason and I mean they can still make it if they win out. Right. Um 
But I mean, this team is just—I mean, if you're in a, their opponent, it, it's scary. You know, it just seems like Oklahoma State. You know, Gundy's a pretty lucky guy having all these receivers oh, come right. through here. You know, you had Des Bryant back in the day. You had uh, Blackman. Uh, Blackman. I was gonna say who's the Jacksonville receivers out of the league now? Justin Blackman. But yeah, real, real tough matchup. Kind of odd thing I want to talk about. Uh, Mason Rudolph. I don't see this guy as a pro quarterback at all. I know Rudolph. that. I know that. The kind of draft hype started talking around him, you know, mid-season or early in the season. You know, they beat Pittsburgh like 59 to whatever it was. They had a 35 nothing lead. Everyone started talking up, you know, the Oklahoma State quarterback there. I feel like it's kind of a product of the Gundy offense. I feel like, you know, a lot of these Oklahoma State quarterbacks put up gaudy numbers. Doesn't really translate. Yeah. Am I wrong in thinking that he's just another one of those Oklahoma State quarterbacks? I mean, he's a very good college quarterback, you know, but don't, don't pencil him in on Sundays just yet for my money. I don't think he's a pencil in uh, quite yet, but I would not overlook him at all. Um, I mean, just looking, I understand what you're saying about the system, and you know, it's kind of like a interchangeable QB type of thing. But I mean, these guys put up 59, 44, 59, 44 in the first four weeks, um, and so I just, I don't know. I, I, if I had to put money on it, which I mean, I don't do that, but <laughs> if I were to, I would say he makes it in the NFL. I mean, he's, he's a big guy he can throw the ball he, he doesn't rely too much on the run but he can run um but i mean honestly if i had to pick between him and mayfield like i'd say no question for sure uh rudolph he's definitely more of the the prototypical yeah. body type you would think but you know i've been uh, wrong on quarterbacks before i'm sure i'll be wrong again uh you know it's kind of crazy we're midway through the season right now Strange. you know it's it's unreal the season has gone by real quickly i feel like longhorn's sitting there at three and three which you know going to the schedule seemed about right through six games but let's kind of update our predictions here you know last time we did this i think was after week one uh you know everyone going in the year said eight and four for sure nine and three for the longhorns people had backed off that prediction you know since week one where do you see the longhorns ending this year with the record as of today so they have Oklahoma State Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, and then TCU in a couple weeks, and then West Virginia two weeks what, at West Virginia, and then they finish off with Texas Tech, who is a lot better than I thought. Oh, Texas yeah. Tech, I mean, and so, um, I what did I say at the beginning of the season? Say I think you said uh, nine and three. All right, yeah, I'm, I don't mean that anymore. <laughs> um, I think they'll finish with. Four to five. I, I'm gonna say five losses. Honestly, I yeah. think they'll lose to Oklahoma State, and I think they'll lose to TCU. And I mean, honestly, I would say that that is best case scenario. <laughs> I agree with that. I would say, you know, this has been a real tough slate. You know, I yeah. think the Big Twelve is these teams in the middle. You know, they're not world beaters. I don't think that the Big Twelve has any real national contender national title contender this year but I think the middle of the conference is pretty strong you know from one through about six there's a lot of pretty good teams in here the Longhorns are gonna have to face how my question would be how would a six and six record be perceived from the Longhorn faithful that's the big question right because someone asked Herman this week you know is making a bowl game the benchmark for your program is six wins the benchmark for your program and I think he had the right attitude you know I don't think a wins total in the first year of a head coach, as long as it's not a disastrous mm-hmm. two, three, or four, it's not indicative of anything. I mean, it's these aren't his ro- guys in his roster. He didn't, you know, have a huge amount of time to kind of set in the kind of program he wants to run. I think in time, the Longhorn program is in really good hands, and I think Herman has proved that thus far. Sure, the Longhorn faithful might be, you know, disappointed in six wins and a, a Texas Bowl appearance or something like that, but I mean, 
do you really think it matters? I mean, barring a big collapse here, I think the season should be viewed as at least a relative success. I think they can go six and six and be okay with the fans if they don't get, you know, embarrassed. Okay. You know, sure. if they don't go out and put on a performance like they did against Oklahoma State last last year, you know, if they don't go out and get embarrassed by TCU again, mm-hmm. I think if they can, if the losses to those two teams look similar to the USC or the Oklahoma game, mm-hmm. I think they're fine with six and six. Yeah. You know, close losses to those four teams will be, I mean, that's fine. I mean, Tom Herman's first year. Yeah. And the Longhorns, you know, they might not get over the hump this year, win seven, eight games. I honestly think they won't. But, you know, playing a pretty solid national title contender team in Oklahoma, tough, you know, in the Cotton Bowl, and then, you know, playing USC at USC, very yeah. tough, almost winning that game. I think it's proved that, you know, Herman at least has this program on the right track. And, you know, six wins or more, I think the Longhorn fans will, will be pretty happy. Uh, but now the question is, will they be happy on Saturday afternoon when the game ends at DKR? Texas, once again, will host number 10, Oklahoma State. It's an 11 a.m. kick from Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium. Longhorns open this week as six-point underdogs. Alex, what's your prediction for this one? Uh, going into the season when I said 9-3, and three, I, I had this game actually being one of those three losses. Um, so I'm not going to waver from that. I think Oklahoma State's offense is too good to be held under you know five touchdowns um so i'll say oklahoma state 38 texas 31 longhorns uh just missed the cover in your scenario but at least the longhorn fans we see a a fun game i don't i feel like there's a letdown week coming i think there was a lot of energy last week for the longhorn the cotton bowl you know tough loss pretty quick turnaround you know you got to drive back from dallas late saturday night got to repair you know there's questions about you know ellinger's health buchel's health you know the o-line is pretty inexperienced i see you know oklahoma state jumping out to a pretty big lead maybe the long courts keep it kind of close but my prediction here 45 28 oklahoma state you know kind of similar to the longhorn you know cowboy games that we've seen over the past four or five years um so alex thank you for joining us hopefully we'll have uh, trent back in the seat next to you next week I'd like to thank our podcast director, Mr. Zeke Fritz. Once again, folks, Longhorns will be taking on Oklahoma State at 11 a.m. A little morning kickoff from Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Texan Sports. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud or in the podcast app. And please pick up a copy of the Daily Texan Around Campus. And most importantly, as Alex reminded me, let's go Yankees, buddy. Go Yankees. All right. Good luck, everyone. Have a good weekend. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan and hosted by Michael Shapiro and Alex Brissett. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode, and you can always find more news at dailytexananonline.com.